Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. It's Sasha Calavota here with another episode of the Sovereign Collective Podcast. And today, we're going to be dropping some major truth bombs. I've got Amanda Vollmer in the house of Yum Naturals. Yum Naturals or Yummy Naturals? Yum Naturals. Yum. Yum Mm. Naturals. And we're going to be getting into some stuff that is finally creeping into more and more shows and interviews and things, but it's still not mainstream by far. But we're going to, we're going to challenge your, your thinking and really challenge what you think you already know. So I'm going to just introduce Amanda here and then we're going to get into it. So Amanda Vollmer is a 46-year-old mother who holds a degree of Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto and a Bachelor of Science in Agricultural Biotechnology. Most of her life, Amanda has taken a keen interest in botanical medicine, self-educating on the topic many years before attaining her formal medical training. Amanda also sought answers via the energetic healing arts and became a registered Reiki practitioner and teacher, among other modalities. After much scholarly and independent study, Amanda's passion for the elegant and effective submolecular medicine known as homeopathy brought her to study in India under Rajan Sankaran. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but go with that. Amanda volunteered for an intensive medical program in Northern India, shadowing cardiologists, obstetricians, Ayurvedic practitioners, and homeopathic doctors alike. Amanda is the author of Healing with DMSO, a science-backed guide that will help you understand how DMSO works, why it works, and the many ways you can harness its power to heal your aches, pains, and other ailments, all in an easy-to-read and friendly way. She owns and operates Yum Naturals Emporium in Ontario, Canada, where she designs and produces hundreds of handcrafted all-natural body care remedies since 2012. So thank you, Amanda. This is awesome. I feel really privileged to be speaking with you today, so thank you for taking your time. I know you're in high demand. Thanks, Sasha. I appreciate the time with you and you know, we need to have the conversation over and over again because of all the censorship. We need to make sure that the, our voices are being heard. And the more we collaborate and, and work together, you know, the better off we'll be as a whole as, as, as we overcome a lot of this tyrannical behavior and uh, just flat out evil uh, that we're seeing right now in the, in the current, you know, hoax that's being, you know, perpetuated. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. And that's what I was just saying before, when we were talking, so many people are coming together to do just that. So if you don't hear it through one avenue, you have a much greater chance to re- hear it now because there's so many people that are getting on to this is why I started the podcast. I just want to be part of the truth movement. I just want to be like, just dare to uncover some, some 
so-called facts that we thought were just a given and they aren't. So it's awesome that people are, like you are stepping up because a lot of people aren't, even though they know the truth, they're not. And I'm really losing respect, I think, for a lot of people that are willing to put themselves out there. I, I don't know how they do it. So I appreciate that. So why don't we just go right into it? Because one of the biggest things, the things that driving the fervor right now and the fear is this, the idea that there's a contagion going on there, the idea that we are susceptible or we are endangering vulnerable people through this so-called pandemic and coronavirus. So this is all based on germ theory. And there is a lot of literature to support that germ theory isn't actually true. So I know you're a big expert in that. So can you explain that? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, a number of years ago, um, I started to piece together the understanding that it's, it's individualized medicine, it's individualized health that should be focused on. And that's, you know, what we're taught as nature doctors in holistic medicine, that it's each individual and their emotions or mental health their physical milieu or their terrain. And that's what determines the outcome of that person's health. Um, for you know, 20 years, I've been against uh, vaccinations because they never made any sense to me, uh, even from a basic logical scientific premise, even before I realized the fraud of the germ theory, it didn't make sense to inject poisons inside of, of someone um, to try to get, gain health. Um, and in the research and the literature, there's so much harm that's done by these things. And uh, it doesn't take much digging to actually find out that information. Um, so I was a huge uh, advocate for, you know, natural hygiene, holistic health, nutrition, exercise and lifestyle factors, you know, the things that actually help us be healthy. And I lived that way. I lived my life that way, fasting, um, uh, and juicing and uh, playing around with different diets and all of these things to get me to this place where I started to question the actual existence of a virus as described because things weren't holding water in some of the research, research that I was doing when I was trying to dismantle um, the germ theory based on the fact that I'd study homeopathy and isopathy quite deliberately. Um, isopathy being uh, a whole different approach to helping your progenitor lineages inside your body become reestablished as they change based on the pH. I was studying Robert Young's, uh, Dr. Robert Young's information back then um, about acid-base balance in the body. I was doing different types of diets to, to become balanced in my acid base um, for my terrain. And I was starting to see there was some merit there. And that's where I found Dr. Stefan Lanka's work. And once I stumbled upon that, I realized, okay, my hunch, my sense was that these are not uh, particles that cause disease. These are particles that are created by our own bodies in response to injury, in response to tissue injury, in response to uh, a, a breakdown of tissues uh, and also a buildup of waste and also in nutritional deficiency where you don't have the correct biomolecular um, approach for the body to actually remove waste, keep the cell functioning properly, create energy for the cell and continue cellular communication throughout the body. And it is going to respond, of course, the body is very responsive and brilliant 
and it will respond accordingly to those situations in those states uh, in trying to always correct them. Depending on the resources of the body, it will do that in a different number of ways. And one of the ways that it will try to get rid of damaged or dead tissue is by changing the format of what's called the somatids, uh, which Gaston Nason's uh, described very well many, many years ago, um, that come off of our own red blood cells of the membrane. And once they are uh, in the, the position of changing their format, they will go to work to break down the tissue to get it removed. So just as it, when an organism dies, it begins to break down from the inside out um, because the pH begins to go acidic and the terrain gives signals to the blood to say, this is not, this host is not living anymore. There's dead tissue. We need to break it down. We need to bring it back to the soil. That's a fundamental natural principle of life that everything returns back to the earth. And this is a mechanism within all living things to do just that work. Um, and experiments have shown that you don't need any external air or sources to break down a, a, uh, an organism. It will break down from its own internal uh, processes. And so if you are um, partly <laughs> alive and you have dead tissue inside of you, this process will occur inside of your body. And that means it will create whatever's a requirement to break down that particular tissue type or other things that might be present, say metals, or say um, a chemical poison that's gotten in to the body. Uh, it might not work to use a bacteria to get rid of it. It might need a fungus to get rid of it. Or perhaps the bacterial milieu is too damaged and it's unable to use bacteria to break down the tissue. It will try to use a fungal tissue to, to break it down or a fungal form. But what's important to understand and, and, and a, it's baseline in the knowledge that the germ theory is flawed, not only just flawed, but is dead wrong, is that this uh, pleomorphism of cells, of changing shape from one organism to another inside of us, based on the job at hand, throws the, the vaccine theory out in the water, throws the uh, contagion theory out, the water, out to the water. And basically we must look back at how the body really does deal with uh, terrain changes and waste products. And if you have a cell that changes from one form to another, how can you then say you can create some sort of antidote for that particular germ? And, and why would you? So why would you create a vaccine for a specific germ in a specific stage um, just to try to obliterate it out of your body when your body makes it on purpose to heal itself? It ab absolutely makes zero sense. And all that would ensue from doing just that is the harm that we see from such events of, of injection of things that are trying to match our, our bodies in certain stages. And once the job is done by the somatids, which, somatids, which are also called microzyma, they're also called proteids, and that these, these particular cellular, um, the cycle, the 16 stage cycle, will then revert back into its dormancy when the job is done. Uh, what people are calling viruses are a specific stage of uh, this 16-stage cycle where the, there's a type of a spore produced. And inside of that, so it's microzyma, which are like a protein, surrounded uh, through a, a DNA or RNA fragment. And the body will create those as uh, repair toolboxes that get sent 
to tissue that's damaged but repairable. So meaning that it would be more advantageous for the body to actually repair it than to recycle it. Um, for example, a cell that has uh, say 50% of its mitochondria um, functioning, it might be more advantageous nutritionally um, and resource-wise to actually repair it by correcting the RNA through into the DNA of that cell rather than going through apoptosis, which is programmed cell death, and engulf it and recycle the bits and go through the liver and all of those components. Um, and that's going to be individual depending on the health of that person, whether they have enough magnesium to process through the liver, which we're completely deficient in, mm. which, which no doctor prescribes, which no doctor dis discusses. Um, you know, what, where's the biochemical understanding that we have to learn in med school? First, the first two years of med school are all learning the biochemistry and the anatomy and the histology. And it seems that the modern medical establishment has completely gone blank on that knowledge and conveniently uh, ignores it while pushing things that suppress those symptoms, suppress the body in trying to get rid of the tissue and clean out the toxins. And of course, when you do that, when you suppress mechanisms, whether it's through a vaccine or a drug or cut out something fundamental with a surgery, the body cannot do the job that it was designed to do. And it will try to do a workaround as best as it can, but ends up having to create things like tumors or other types of growths in the body and just stow away the, the waste product somewhere else or make rashes upon the skin because it can't get it out through the liver anymore. So it'll push it out in, in the lungs or the skin and you'll have other types of issues. So just to, to bring it home, the fundamental important you know, fact that people need to understand is that we have been lied to but also we've been important information has been withheld by the, you know, into the scientific community in general. And that is the understanding of a complete cell lineage that is in our body, that is evidence-based, that is fact that we have it. And you hear not one scientist or, or a medical doctor discussing the 16 stage somative cycle. They wholly ignore it. And when you know and identify that, you realize the germ theory just does not hold water. So who is the main source to learn about the somative theory in the 16 stages? Who's that? Uh, Gaston Nasons. Uh, he was uh, born in France, but he um, moved to Canada and Quebec. Okay. And so most of his life, that's where he was in Canada. And he designed a somatoscope to um, see these things because you can't see them under the microscopes that the modern medical establishment uses conveniently. Because if you look at the living blood, you'll see these things, but they prefer to look at the dead blood and the stained blood and make cartoons for people to consume <laughs> and, and claim that, that particles that they are artifacts that they've taken from the body are a, a virus causing disease, right. when simply those are the somatids that are the results of a disease process in the body, similar to when you make a bunch of garbage or waste and you throw it out into the compost and the flies and the maggots and all these things begin to eat the garbage. It's exactly like that inside the body, but the flies and the maggots did not cause the garbage, you caused the garbage. And so blaming a fly for um, creating garbage is basically a form of gaslighting. And that's exactly <laughs> what the medical establishment does. No kidding. So 
I, I just, I actually last interviewed Dr. Berlando and he talks about this as well from Alpha Vedic and this. So what happened to the somatoscope? Why aren't we using the somatoscope anymore? Well, it was a brilliant design. It was dismantled. Its parts were, were um, separated into different facilities once the Canadian government raided his facility and stole all his work. Uh, and then parts were, were lost. They like to do that. They like to lose things suddenly and they, they, um, they get away with it doing that. Um, so they could not rebuild it. And to my understanding, Nason's uh, tried to, to remake it again. I'm not sure if he was successful in that per se, because it was a, you know, when you do something of such merit, it, there's special circumstances um, and special um, inputs that might not come again. Uh, so I don't think it's quite as simple as just putting some parts together. Um, but he also created something called 714X. And that is a, uh, a wonderful and powerful natural medication that is done by injection and also by nebulizer to reconstitute and heal the terrain of the body through the lymphatic circulation. Mm. And he perfected that in his later years. And there's a company called Cerbe, uh, C-E-R-B-E, that produces 714X. Uh, and incidentally, I'm, uh, start, I've started a course of it on my own body because I tend to like to use myself as a guinea pig <laughs> for such things, as a healer, as a woman of medicine. And uh, it's a wonderful detox and cleansing uh, for people who have things that are maybe chronic disease by all the damage that was done to them by the medical establishment. For example, removal of tonsils or adenoids, uh, damage to uh, other glandular systems, removal of gallbladders and appendices. These things should never be removed. Um, if the doctors had any knowledge, they would instruct the, the patient on how to prevent these uh, incidences from occurring in the first place so that they don't need their um, jaws of life emergency fake hero rescue services. Um, they could actually teach someone, which doctor means teacher, uh, teach someone how to actually prevent these things from happening in the first place and what to do if they had some sort of issue in those organ systems. But of course they don't because they're just drug pushers for the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, they, they're not uh, healers or health practitioners. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and true, like they're not healers. They don't even know. They don't learn about that, right? They don't learn how to heal or the wisdom of the body. It's, it's mind blowing. So, okay, let's go. So say my mother is babysitting my son and she's always worried. Don't, if he has a sniffle, don't, I don't want, I always get it. So she babysits them. And then a couple of days later, she's sick. What happened? Well, a few things probably happened there. One is she believed it pretty strongly. You wouldn't That's believe how yeah. strong our, yeah. our beliefs create our reality. And if you're in fear, especially, and this is why what's happening to us right now, they need our fear. They need our emotional energy to create and to manifest their, you know, draconian reality. They need us to, to actually create it. Without us, they can't do anything. Um, so that, that, you know, the grandmother's fear from the sniffles will cause a stress response in the body. And that stress response, if that individual is not um, eating well, sleeping well, on a bunch of medications, previously vaccinated, doesn't take magnesium, doesn't take vitamin D, doesn't generally know how to be well and live a healthy lifestyle, 
then all it takes is a specific stress, uh, a stressor to put that level of health just a little bit over the top into illness. And coupled with the specific um, belief mantra, you'll produce symptoms. You, I, I've done, as an empath, I have done this to myself numerous times with diseases that we know have, uh, well, there is no contagion, that's a myth, but even, even ones that we know for sure are not contagious like tumors or uh, certain types of bowel habits or whatever, um, or, or toothaches or ovary pain or whatnot. Right. I've experienced these things personally just by empathizing with someone who tells me their story, their health story. Um, and I'm sure there are many individuals out there who are empaths who've had a similar experience where they begin to take on the symptoms of someone that they've had a close contact with and, and had either an empathetic emotional uh, resonance with them, or they um, feel like that's something in their body that they might have and they start to express it at that point due to sympathetic resonance. So it's very commonly done that way. The other um, thing that can happen is hormone signaling between individuals. Uh, there are ways in which the, uh, in a family group, for example, you'll often see a, a group going, uh, getting a similar set of symptoms during a time of st either stress or a common exposure, or it can be from a hormone signaling in say the spring or any change of season that says, uh, you know, as a tribe, you need to go through a detox together because if we are actually nomadic in, in our nature, so meaning that if the food source runs out where we live, we need to be moved into a different location to get food. And in order to travel, we must be well. And so it is an advantageous um, uh, mechanism for us to go through sickness together rather than one person gets sick and then another and another and another, which would take a lot of time. So just because people uh, in groups may show common symptomology, symptomology does not um, ergo mean that they've all been breathing an invisible particle like a virus that's caused a set of symptoms. In fact, the studies show uh, like in 1918 flu pandemic, for example, they tried to make people have this particular flu by uh, breathing on one another, by sharing saliva, by sharing mucus, um, and even by injection, and they could not create contagion in the, in the healthy individuals. So they, they basically disproved germ theory and contagion theory right back in 1918 by doing those studies. So um, what there, that means that there's something else happening and why is it so difficult for people to have another uh, thought of, of, of why, right? For example, say that family ate similarly and breathed the same type of air inside a toxic home. Uh, and then all it took was uh, them watching the same movie that had a, a very scary violent scene in it that created a stress in them, for example. And all of a sudden the next day, everybody's got scratchy throats, right? Uh, we know that stress leads to increase in cortisol levels and increase in cortisol levels deplete vitamin C in the body. And so we know that vitamin C can prevent colds and flus. I mean, that's like a basic knowledge, right? So if you have stress and that depletes your sources of vitamin C, don't you think that the body will start to have a problem detoxing its normal day-to-day -day through the liver if it doesn't have the resources to do it? It'll go, well, Unfortunately, we're going to have to get this out through the mucus now because they're not able to get it out through a quiet means, which is 
through the liver. That's the primary exhaust or relief for the body. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to my mom, my mom is pretty conscious with her supplementation. There's definitely the belief factor, but she did like the supplements and the food and everything is a long time. But my mom has had a lot of issues with her teeth and has had a lot of abscesses. She's had them as soon as she started messing with her teeth and redoing them and, you know, putting, you know, just redoing them all that has caused so many problems with her. So I think that's really weakened her system as a whole is through the mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And dental, the, the dentists are just as guilty as the medical doctors at their, in their ignorance and damaging people, uh, maybe even more so because the teeth are the spark plugs of the body and are connected to the meridians that are connected to your entire body, your organ systems. And when what do you, you mean start by the to spark plugs, what do you mean by that? So they are like an electrical, um, they have an electrical connection through the meridian system of our bodies. So you can actually find online um, a, a chart, a, a dental chart, and just look up dental meridian chart, and you'll find thousands of images uh, that each tooth is connected to an organ or uh, mirrored organs on the different sides of the mouth. And there's meridians, there's acupuncture meridians that are connected through very small tubes in the body into those systems. And if those become clogged, um, or damaged, then the, the two-way communication system is broken and you will get stagnation in the um, accommodating or accordingly in that uh, organ system, basically. Um, there's even been mechanisms to clear that. Obviously, acupuncture is one of them. Another is uh, uh, Bob Tennant created a, a gadget called the Biomodular Machine, and it's like a pen that will help you know clear any blockages in the uh, meridian. Um, but when you damage the delicate tissues in the mouth by pressure and by drilling and by even the way they do the scraping of the plaque and that kind of thing, uh, you can cause inflammation in the tubules and that can lead to debris uh, and basically like a roadblock in the body. And it can take years for that to develop um, into a disease state. Mm -hmm. Um, so once you start messing around with the mouth and you put metal in the mouth, when you have an electrical relationship between mm. the, the teeth and the organs, think about that, not just from the mercury being a, a neurotoxin, but from the mercury changing the electrical pattern of the mouth itself. Mm. There's a, a lot of issue there. Right. Right. Mm. So, and then going back to viruses. So we've got virologists studying and learn like what are they studying in the lab if a virus doesn't exist and what is this gain of function going on like what are they what is it that they're creating but then there's zach bush who says there's more viruses than stars in the universe so what is he referring to and are those two things the same things are they just random bits of genetic material like what what is it what are they talking about yeah it's a good question because what we have to understand is we are part of life and all of those or microorganisms are in everything that is alive. So plants, uh, soil, air, the oceans, our bodies, animals' bodies, on the body, in the body. We're talking trillions of microorganisms all on different ranges and levels um, and they're not pathogenic in nature unless the body terrain is damaged. So you do have some issues where, for example, say you eat something um, that you shouldn't eat, or you, there's certain um, ponds and things that are creating really strange microorganisms that if you ingest them, you will become sick because 
the body cannot process things like that. So the body must reject these types of things. So there are, you know, things, obviously you're not going to go into like a, a volcanic lake and, and, and drink the, drink that water and get, you know, a parasite or something like that. So there's, there's not, there's many layers of understanding of microorganisms. And obviously we're not supposed to eat large amounts of um, certain kinds of fungus. They can be poisonous. So we're not allowed to eat large amounts of certain type of bacteria because the waste products that they make are very toxic to us. Not for the bacteria in themselves, but the production of what they make, their wastes are toxic to us and will produce symptoms. But those are not disease states. Those are, those are symptoms of being poisoned by something you shouldn't have in your body. Um, same thing with phages, like in the ocean, Dr. Stefan Lenka, actually as a virologist, he found one of the largest phages in the ocean. And what he found by the phage is that it um, actually supported the fish in their health. So it, he would find it in, in fish that uh, needed assistance, basically, as a support network, uh, not as a disease producing agent. So he found that's where he began questioning what was going on when he started to study the ocean phages and the fish that were benefiting from having that said phage in their body. Um, it's a real circular argument that's going on in the scientific uh, community. Basically, they're just um, masturbating to themselves. Um, <laughs> they're they're basically putting garbage inside a petri dish, making it rot creating particles uh, that are reactive to the crap they put in the Petri dish, taking it out of the Petri dish, staining it, looking at it under electron microscopes, deciding that that's the particle that's responsible, trying to make disease happen from it, which is touch and go. The only way they can make disease happen from it is if they put other tissue, organ tissue in with the material and other metals and poisons in with it, then they can create a disease uh, in a, an animal model, for example, which usually produces tumors and sorts of things. And they can try to find uh, and keep experimenting and try to force studies to prove their hypothesis rather than letting the science speak for itself. Um, they have a lot of ghost writing going on. So basically that's when a company will do the science and then they'll say, hey, Dr. So-and-so, if you wanna get you know, tenure, you wanna get a bit of money, uh, please sign, put, add your name to this study, even though they had nothing to do with the study directly. Um, so there's all kinds of games going on, but the main thing is they can't isolate a viral particle because it'll fall apart. So they can never actually take it out of solution, have it in and of itself alone and inject it or place it or put it inside a healthy organism and have uh, a, a disease force created. They've never been able to do that and they've never been able to isolate what they're calling a virus. It's all sleight of hand, magic show and tricks. Um, they can create what they call viruses uh, by taking uh, DNA or RNA from GenBank, um, giving it and uh, putting together some pieces of nucleic acid, running it through a computer program, filling in the blanks to assume what we would think it would have based on other particles we've seen before, which are based on somatids in our body, and then um, manufacturing it in a lab, and then injecting it into people and making them very sick from the injection, um, and then call it a virus and call it a whatever. So there's a lot of garbage science being done that, that looks very sophisticated. I've read so many studies 
And at this point, I'm so I'm I'm jaded because <laughs> I've I've trained in school. Like there's a class in school that teaches you how to read scientific studies because there's all this jargon, there's all this fancy schmancy stuff, all these charts. It looks so impressive, right? But then when you learn how to read it and you start to break it down, you realize how much is just fluff and how much is just words that look professional. But when you um, use the, the, the dictionary and break it down into simple terms, it's, it's not very impressive at all. So um, I think when you package something a certain way, it's just marketing. And I think all of the stuff, all the scientific community is doing in virology is just fancy marketing and make work projects and creating the thing that they want to get their PhDs on. And it's like a lot of mathematics, you'll see that in physics, mathematics, you'll see a lot of make work projects based on a foundational theory that's an error. So if your foundation in any of these uh, sciences is a mistake, you can still build upon the mistake. And as long as your proof comes back to the mistake, it's true, right? So it comes down to the fundamental Basic, that right. you're working with. Right. Mm -hmm. But there have to be some virologists that don't realize and think they're doing authentic work of things. They can't all be, you know, like Judy Mikovits, for example, she's been in the news a lot and on, I would think the benevolent side of the current issue, but some things that I hear about, about the whole AIDS theory and that you know, a lot of people died because people didn't, the, the information was withheld or something, but from my understanding, the whole AIDS, the basis for AIDS is a fraud to begin with, right? And HIV. And so yeah. I'm wondering, some of them must think that they're doing authentic work, I would think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. You have a lot of victims in this establishment. You have a lot of people that are well-meaning. I don't think they're evil people. I don't think they, um, you know, thinks uh, that they're doing something mischievous or devious. Um, but they bought into foundational beliefs that are incorrect. And so it really comes down to their foundational beliefs, sets of beliefs. And then when you're trying to prove a belief, you have to be very open-minded and you can't come in with assumptions. You have to come in really um, able to be flexible within the different possibilities. And unfortunately this world the way it's run, the way it's designed, it doesn't allow for that, or you wouldn't be with, you wouldn't have a job, you wouldn't be able to earn yeah. a living. I mean, right? If you don't get the grant money, or you don't right. follow the footsteps of your um, higher ups, like your professors and so forth, uh, and massage their egos, you don't get tenure positions, you don't, you're, you're a nobody. And so I think the way the schooling is set up is only is going to filter out those people who know it's a bunch of crap who actually have intuition um, and the ones who really are just brown nosing achievers they just want something personal or something from their ego they'll do what they have to do to stay in those industries and they'll probably ha have compromised their integrity more than once right. in there and unfortunately i i don't know about her, you know, background and, and what's true and what's not, mm -hmm. but it's very clear that there's no HIV uh, in existence whatsoever. Peter Duesberg has clearly lined that uh, out in, in his book. Um, there's a lot, uh, Ellison has come out and, and there's tons of evidence that there's no contagion of, of HIV, it doesn't even exist, never been isolated. 
uh, that it was all a setup, the same thing they're doing now. It's exactly, actually, Fauci was involved in the HIV scandal. And so they brought him in, you know, again, because it's the same basic PCR scam as then. So with the fake test, so he knows how that works. So it was just a good good guy to get on board if you want to run your, how you want to run your hoax, right? Totally. Totally. Okay. Okay. Let's change gear now because we're limited with your time today. So I love DMSO. It's something that is in my cabinet at all times. I always have that as part of my medicine chest and you're a huge believer in DMSO. You've written a book on DMSO. So let's talk about DMSO. What is it? What would you use it for? Why do people want to have that available? Why? What is it? Well, it's, it's from trees. There's a lot of beautiful medicine that comes from plants and trees. And this is an extract of trees that basically is the foundation of what makes a tree strong. So you have um, sulfur cross linkages in uh, plants that create uh, strength, uh, almost like hands you know, interlocked or holding each other. And then if you want to create pulp for the pulp and paper industry, you need to remove those sulfur cross linkages that are making the, the tree strong. And so actually it's a waste product from the pulp and paper industry that's you, they use what's called white liquor to, uh, which is two different um, natural chemicals that washes away the dimethyl sulfoxide, which is also found in ocean water in the air. Um, it's found in a lot of other plants. It's something we probably eat a little bit every day of because it's in a lot of different foods. Um, so it's a, it's common in nature, obviously, because it's, um, it's a fundamental part of strength of, of a lot of plants. And um, what, what they've done is they found that it was cryopreserving way back in the 50s and 60s. They uh, realized that it did not harm our cells. So you could put cells like say tissue um, say an organ you wanted to do for organ transplant. And, and that was a very tender thing back then because if the, if the cells freeze, then the crystals of the ice will break the cells and then you don't have a viable organ. But if you could preserve it yet still keep it cold from bacteria to eat it because bacteria eat dead tissue, uh, then you could use the organ. And when they found um, that the MSO was able to actually preserve the, uh, change the freezing point, so that the crystals wouldn't form and preserve the tissue so you could use it for organ transplant. That was huge. And Stanley Jacob, he was at the time, he was doing that type of research. He was doing organ transplant research and cryopreserving research. And he got his hands on it and he couldn't believe what that the properties were just amazing for him. And he uh, began to talk about it openly. He began to study it. Uh, he found all these other properties, for example, that it would increase blood flow um, to a cell or to tissue, it would um, heal tissues. And it was also transdermal, which means it goes right through the skin into the blood, into the body. And within 15 minutes, DMSO is found in every organ, including the brain, which means it passes the blood brain barrier. And not a lot of substances will go into the brain to cleanse and detox it. Um, it has an affinity for removing things like metals. It has an affinity for upregulating upregulating cellular communication. It's um, able to help through absorption through the gut. So if you ingest it, it will help you in, in absorb your food or, or your nutrition. Like say if you're taking supplements, it'll increase your absorption and delivery of those nutrients to the area. So you can use less. 
they, there's a cancer clinic down in Mexico and they actually use DMSO with chemotherapy so they can use less chemo. Um, so there's less side effects of the chemo. Not that I support chemotherapy at all because it's a suppressive therapy, but I mean, if you're in the conventional model, at least try to, to lessen the, the side effects, right? And so they're having some effect uh, by you know, just trying to reduce the side effects using DMSO. So it can affect drug delivery and nutrient delivery as well. And it seems to have a protective effect on the liver and it increases our um, master antioxidant glutathione through the liver. Um, it's, a, it's a major antioxidant. So you uh, really heal a lot of cell tissue and you strengthen tissues using it. It can, it can stop heart attacks and strokes because it can allow for blood delivery to get through to the heart and to the lungs or to the how tissues. Would, how would you use that? Would you use that topically in that case? Would you ingest it? How, what would you do? With so it? if someone's saying having, if someone's having angina, which is pain, like chest pain, mm -hmm. then they could uh, usually suggest between a 50 and 70% dilution in either distilled water or pure aloe vera juice that has no preservatives in it um, over the chest liberally uh, multiple times a day, two to three times a day minimum. And then they can ingest it one teaspoon and five ounces of water or very pure juice, like juice they've either made themselves or has nothing, no sugars or anything in it um, twice a day. And um, if they feel like, you know, they start to get symptoms of say a stroke where they feel their arm going numb and where they get dizzy or they're getting confused, then if they have that in their first aid kit, they can begin to apply it just directly like you can get away with putting 99.995% pharmaceutical grade DMSO directly on your skin in an emergency. Itchy and irritating, I would think. Yeah. It can cause uh, temporary hives, redness of the skin, itchiness, um, but that will go away after um, it's finished its, its delivery into through the skin. I've had a couple of emergency cases where I've just done it purely um, on say someone's back where they were completely locked up and they couldn't move. Um, I just did it pure and a few highs popped up and so forth and it got really hot, but it relieved the situation quite quickly. So there is a time and place for using it pure, but that's not on the whole and definitely don't drink it or put it in any orifice in its full strength. They, um, you want to dilute it properly. And in my book, I have a dilutions chart that breaks down the appropriate dilutions for the appropriate uses. And I have also a lot of recipes in the back because, you know, it's clearing cataracts in people when um, you dilute it to 20, 30, or 40% and you place it in the eye, especially with added vitamin C, um, which I, I've made and it's a mm. top seller, it'll clean and remove cataracts. There's no surgery required um, alongside taking say topical magnesium, which I also make. I, I make a DMSO uh, magnesium 50% solution as well, which is very powerful and uh, is quite well loved and it has no itch, which is interesting because oh, yeah. magnesium oil, yeah, yeah well, magnesium totally. oil does that. Yeah. And so does DMSO. Like yeah. if you use them, right? But together, no itch, that's no so redness. Crazy. I know oh, it's really cool. Wow. I would, oh, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So how it's do you... really nice to blend with other stuff. That's, that's its claim. That to me, that's its most powerful is when you blend it with other things. Like I make something called facelift in a jar which is like I have another it. top cell. Yeah, you know. I, 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 I can't get it in Canada. I'm like, what? Maybe I shouldn't even be saying that, but I have it. So this is how I found out about you because I saw you online with, and then I see you talking about all this other stuff, but I 
I'm a DMSO fan. As soon as I saw a face cream with DMSO, I'm like, oh, wow, well, I got to try that. So it's amazing. Yeah. And also like in Canada there, it's very restricted. Like Help Canada is extremely corrupted and uh, it's very strict. Um, and I was a whistleblower in naturopathic college about it. And it got me blacklisted and got me to a place where, you know, I got my light. I didn't want my license. I walked away from the whole industry because I realized that they were falling for the whole scam too. And I just couldn't, you're not a nature doctor. If, if you can't go there, if you support vaccines and you support germ theory, then you're not a, you're not a nature doctor. You're not a naturopath. You're not a holistic practitioner. So I'm not interested in their licensure and to be gagged and shut up, you know, by people I got to pay to do the honors, you know? So, um, but so I'm free I'm a free agent basically but I'm a trained holistic practitioner and under the laws I can actually compound and I can actually um, uh, take a case so in Canada I'm working with a lawyer right now and uh, for Health Canada's sake so that we can actually sell the items in Canada um, you know legally and what it means is someone just um, someone just books sorry something popped up something will uh, they'll book with me say 10 or 15 minutes and I'll just make sure there's no contraindications or anything with the NSO and that they'll know how to use it properly and that kind of thing. And then they can purchase it. No problem. So that's how we're going to get around awesome. the, the restrictions right now. Yeah. Well, it was illegal for the longest time, right? Like it came back on the shelf a few years ago now, because we have a couple forms that you can get here actually just close to it. I'm in Calgary and there's a naturopath in Cochrane. He makes one a 90% nice. DMSO. Now there's another one. So there it's, it is, but all the horse people know about it, right? Cause they've been using it on horses for horse injury. Yeah. So how yeah, do you, it's, so I was just gonna say, how do you, do you use it daily? Like I've never compounded it before. I've never, I just use it. If somebody's got a strain, a pain, uh, I don't know, I've used it for migraine on my husband, sprained a pulled muscle on me. I, I have a weird joint on my finger lately that I'm working on. I had my son sprained his finger playing hockey. So I use it for that kind of stuff. But is it something that you would recommend using daily? Like after a while, the taste gets so strong. You kind of, if you use too much, it just, you stink, right? So you got to take a yeah. break from it. But would you recommend using it regularly, therapeutic, like, or, or just as you need it? It really depends on your your health goals and what's going on with you. Again, it's like a very individual thing. But if you want to prevent wrinkles and aging, then you you would want to use it a little bit every day uh, on your skin, for example. Or if you want to heal scars, you can use it. Um, obviously, any pain or inflammation, you can use it for. So if you have back pain or you have pain from sitting at the computer too long, or you know maybe you have like carpal tunnel syndrome from doing too much mm -hmm. computer work or whatever, then you can use it you know daily. Um, I usually suggest if you're using higher doses, just to take a break. You know um, after about a month's use, take like a day or two off just to let the rest of the DMS, like DMSO breaks down to DMS, and that can recirculate, and just to let that be used up and and metabolized by the body. And and but if you're getting enough magnesium, you probably won't even need to do that but most people aren't and so I usually suggest just take a couple of days break and if you do get the odor from drinking it um then there's tricks in my book that I have that just oh, okay. you know give you an idea of how to like denature that quickly in the mouth so that you don't scare everyone away <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can be strong and lastly I just want to do you use it for any kind of oral uses like any kind of tooth decay or I don't know what about receding gums or could you use it for anything like that Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the one thing I designed, my daughter had a small cavity um, quite a few years ago, and there was no way I was going to take her to a dentist and do the drilling and whatever. 
at that time, I just wanted to see if we could, it's a baby too. So I wanted to just see if we could get it along. And we, I designed something called DMSO with added nutrients. So basically it's an 80% solution with vitamin C and B vitamins and iodine and a host of things. And we started, I made my, I designed my tooth soap so that you don't have to get scraping anymore. Like I haven't been to the dentist in years because it'll just get rid of the plaque. It's uh, called Dub Tooth Soap. It's oh, I need to know about that. I was talking to somebody who works at a health food store. I was training them the other day. And because of the mask, they're getting tons of plaque. She's like, what do I do for plaque? So I recommended a few things, but I'm going to tell her about this. It's called Dub Dub Soap, did you say? Dub Tooth, dub tooth dub Soap. Tooth yeah. Soap. Oh, awesome. Okay. And um, it, it has activated charcoal. It's black. And it has a bunch of clays in it and a bunch of other, um, like I, I put a lot of minerals in it. So it's a remineralizing toothpaste as well. So it, it'll heal up a lot of cavities and so forth. But the main thing is it gets rid of the plaque um, and polishes the teeth without damaging the enamel. In fact, the enamel becomes stronger from using it. And I actually did finally go to a biological dentist and they had a scan and I wanted to know like, where was my enamel? I had had receding gums at one point in time as well. And he was like, your mouth is beautiful. And your enamel is like, looks like a 10 year old's enamel, like that strong. Right. So Amazing. I was really happy to, to hear, yeah. get that feedback. And, um, and then uh, the, so the drops were done on the gums and the cavity itself as well. So it was a combination of the two soap and the, the DMSO with added nutrients and it's a painkiller, right? So mm -hmm. of course, if you do have you know, pain from a dental carry, then it's going to help with that. Um, and then there's other things, of course, that can be used. And you can use a temporary cavity or filling by bee propolis. So you can take bee propolis mm, okay. and soak it in vodka until it's soft. And you actually shove that in the, okay. the cavity and it will it will suffice for while you're- I reversed it. a cavity forming on my son's tooth that I could see with ozonated olive oil. Mm, that's excellent as well. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in the holistic world, we have so much, we have, we have so many options, right? Like there's many ways that we could approach it and get good results. And that's, what's so laughable about the medical establishment is they're just so out of it. Like they'd have no options. It's like drug or surgery or vaccine, the end, right? We have like, or just thousands. take it out, just get rid of it. Or just, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. You don't need it, but but if they knew even like a little bit of what we knew, there, there'd be so much that you could approach it with to get the results um, that you were wanting and let it actually heal. Amazing. Right? Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Oh, I wish you didn't have to go so soon, but I want to talk. Okay. Let's talk about now. Um, okay. We're in the craziest time, I think, of the world ever. There's been crazy times, but never around the world at one time like this. And we're extremely divided. There are people that are scared. There are people that are mad. I have to say I was in the mad cap for quite camp for quite a while there. It's hard to see the corruption and the lies and that just the constant, like they're knowingly just lying to the public and the public is just eating it up. It's just so maddening. But anyways, what, how do we unite? How do we spread the truth? Like you can't wake people up. You can't to, like, I always get sucked in and think, well, some critical thinking and facts are going to prevail and they don't. So what do we do in this current situation to practice, protect our families and to protect us, those in the know who know that this is an agenda that is nefarious and will, and if I have to believe that they won't win, but what do we do in the meantime? Because it might get uglier before it gets better. And what do you suggest to people to just, to, to, to go in the direction that we 
want to go? Well, we're in a huge um, change right now. We're in a revolution. We're in a scientific revolution. We're in a cultural revolution. Um, we're in a spiritual revolution. <laughs> um, it's a pretty chaotic time to be alive. And really, I think the responsibility lies in each and every one of us to do the work required to manifest our reality. Um, I don't know how many people are going in inward and meditating and going like into God's voice and listening. And, and I don't know how many are doing that, but that's really vital. It's really important to connect inside and not fall for the Maya or the illusion of what's before us, because this is this is a land of illusions. This is all, we're in the Kali Yuga, we're in the end time Yuga. So everything is cyclical. Everything has its time and its place for change. It's designed and built into this place. And so the big time clock in the sky is at this, at, at almost 12 o'clock, right? So um, if you want to learn the lessons you're meant to learn at this time, then you need to go inward and find the still silence within you and listen and find your purpose and your direction and be brave. And if being brave means, you know, taking off the mask when you go shopping, then that's what is before you to do, to accomplish. If being brave is joining many of the, the hundreds and even now I think, think we're in the thousands of lawsuits that are happening in almost every country and every nation, uh, in all the provinces in Canada, there's some set, subset of lawsuits going on. Uh, or petitions or something, get involved in some way that you can put your energy toward um, getting rid of the tyrannical governments that have been placed mm -hmm. by the, the deep state, by the evildoers that have been putting forth this plan for a very long time. Get educated on it, read um, the UN Agenda 2030 and what the, just go, go to Time Magazine's website. You can see how sicko they are right there. They put it all in front oh, of your really? face oh oh yeah time magazine is disgusting uh they they have articles that are very clear that about what their plans are what they want to do in their ai and smart cities yeah. and okay. and uh, climate change malarkey and all this but garbage Amanda, that, so, that, that's that's benevolent what's wrong with a start smart what's wrong with a, a self-driving car or autonomous car and smart what, what's wrong with that yeah well they would love you to uh think of it as a modern convenience or they like sell like I said they're marketers so they want to sell it as some sort of advancement of humanity that we're going to become uh timeless and ageless and uh never die because they've they've driven the fear of death into us so deep that we, we would rather like suffocate our children in a mask than live yeah. our lives and understand that exposure to germs is what makes you uh vigilant and strong, which we already knew, which our forefathers already knew. They knew that people that grew up in farms exposed to all kinds of manure and animals had healthier systems. Like they, but they've they've programmed through the television and through the the bot media this this brainwashing, right? And so, if you really those of us who are awake and understand that this is all a lie we need to take action in some format that feels right to our soul's purpose and to our hearts, whatever that looks like. Um, get To get right with your own situation would be to get out of the main, the main cities. A lot of people have already been doing it, getting um, out of really condensed areas because that's where they're going to start the culling is there. So it'll be uh, harder 
to control people in outlying areas um, and also make alliances with people, uh, people who've been saving seeds for years like I have, you know, who's going to grow what this year? Because they're not going to let you into the shops to get food. They're not going to let you travel. They're not freely. They're not going to let you buy things uh, with the bank's money and that sort of thing if you don't comply with their vaccine laws and their tagging, uh, like their microchipping and the whole thing they're bringing forward to, um, to be finished by 2023. If you read the Time Magazine article, it tells you exactly what, what they've got planned. So we have a few years left to establish ourselves off grid uh, so that we're not reliant on any of their systems and then work on things like when I interviewed Ken Cousins talking about getting landed status and getting out from under their jurisdiction because even though they're psychopaths they still have to follow a certain uh, coda of um, spiritual law or else they get really bad backlash and it won't be worth their while so if you if we read put ourselves into our own jurisdiction like tribal uh, energies once again if we form tribes and then we legally do it or lawfully do it then they'll um we'll have the power and they won't be able to to touch us and they'll just you know do their call because they're going to kill a lot of people um through the vaccine there'll be a lot of deaths there's no deaths now other than the usual deaths that you get every year from regular flus and colds and people eating crappy and living crappy lifestyles in fact the numbers are less than uh years previous for deaths um but there definitely will be deaths coming once they start to administer the vaccine just like what happened in the spanish flu all the 50 million deaths that that, that were lives were extinguished were all from vaccine and aspirin overdose vaccine death and aspirin overdose that's what killed them it wasn't some kind of virus mm -hmm. um so i think get right with the information um read and learn save books like buy books preserve our knowledge books, because it can't be edited online right yeah exactly yeah mm -hmm. store, store extra food get your money out of banks and put it in holdings of either precious metals or bitcoin or something that's on the blockchain because blockchains are not owned by any one being blockchains once they're created the people who invest in the blockchain are the owners so you can't destroy a blockchain um there's no way to just like turn that off like it's still no, no we're talking no. about crypto 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 and i have like a tiny tiny amount like no you want a lot of it, a lot of it because once this next halving happens that's it you won't make millions again on 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 bitcoin it's over what it's capped right so unlike our our printed money that they keep printing and, and, and diluting um this is a capped amount you're only going to have so many bitcoin and it's still growing so this next halving as it's, it's already coming is going to be huge and you won't get another like that same with ethereum ethereum is going to be huge huge and there's another co uh, coin coming up behind it that's going to be matched to ethereum uh, i forget the name of it now but that one is also going to be very big and then there's a bunch of little coins that are based on really fascinating technology for example hyper um, which is h y p r r hyper.com it's a platform sharing like video and similar to like it's like TikTok and uh, youtube together um, so it's a really great platform. They've got lots, it's on the blockchain, it's brilliant, and they have their own coin. And so that, that coin's going to jump like crazy as well. So it's about positioning your money into things that you can have your external wallet, and I can send you money directly. There's no middleman, there's no third party, there's no bank that can say, no, you can't do that. So that's freedom, right? Freedom for our, us to exchange our money together um, and not be it, tracked. Is it accepted? 
transacting? Like, how do you actually transact? We just have a have an app that does it and puts it in your wallet. So I have a wallet with Trezor, for example. Yes, yeah, There's yeah. lots of different kinds. Yeah. Lots of different kinds, but I have a secure wallet that's backed up that I can take my currency off of the internet and I have it, right? Like as if you were having it physically. And then if I wanted to transfer you something, you have your own wallet and I just right. send you the, the key and it goes right immediately right into your wallet. That's it. So right. people have been brainwashed and, and told lies about the blockchain, like, oh, they're going to shut the internet down or they're going to stop it. And there's all kinds of press out there that's trying to say, oh, we're going to shut it down. Look, they can't. It's just to make you not do it. That's why they create those stories so that you are skeptical, so you don't do it. So you're screwed because then you're on their systems or you buy their cryptos, which aren't really cryptos because they're not blockchain tech. Right. They're private cryptos, right? It's still them. So they're trying to get on board with it in their own little way, which I won't invest in any of the bank stuff. I won't invest in Facebook's Libra coin. <laughs> Facebook can buy all any garbage. <laughs> Uh -huh. okay all but right. protect your you protect your family by being smart by having skills by backing up like back up youtube videos that show you how to build build something from the woods like go into the woods and build a house right. save that right. kind of stuff right you know make sure you have good axes and good you know uh things to build something with Make sure you have backup generators. Make sure you have lots of books and puzzles and things for your children. Um, just, just not out of fear, just out of like, if I didn't have the internet temporarily and I didn't have power and I couldn't go into a grocery store, how would I eat? How would I stay warm? How would I cook? How would I do the things? Just start thinking like that and then start gently gathering those things or make alliances with other people who are gonna say do canning and preserving or who you know if you know a hunter then you know make agreements to what you're going to do with that and just that sort of thing because it's really going to go back to living off the land at least in the interim while this chaos falls apart around us so it's about stepping back not relying on a corrupt system as it crumbles and then we're the ones we're the the rainbow children as is the prophecy right isn't it like a hopey prophecy that this is the time of the rainbow children and we will be we will be the new educators and the new system builders and we will do it from the love of god and nature and this is what we're going to be this is what we're waiting for right so it's like biding our time until that synthetic system falls away because it cannot be supported by nature and life it's just a it's just a fundamental flaw in the psychopath's mind you can't live like that. It's not sustainable. So it's just anti-life. It's completely anti-life. Yeah. Everything that we know makes a being healthy, community, microbes, diversity, touch, like it just interact. And like it's completely the opposite. And I don't see why people don't see that. It's like everything that we've learned in the last 10 years about wellness, mental, physical wellness, is microbiome, it's diversity, it's it's getting back to the earth. And and instantly we forget that. And we think we lock ourselves up in our homes and drive with a mask on. And we think that we're protecting ourselves. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. get it. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So those are really great things. And bartering probably I would think would be a really yeah. good thing, right? Find out what you oh, absolutely. or what you can make and, and get to know. Cause if we have some really great farmers in and around Calgary, you know, there's dairy farmers, meat farmers, vegetable farmers. So going back to your local peeps, doing good things as well. 
And it's it's just, it's the sustainable way. We do know that the industry and the way we've been living is not sustainable. It's not respectful to Earth. It's uh, it's we need to get grounded again. We need to re be reminded of, of about our power and that we are the ones that we've been waiting for, and that this is an invitation into our spiritual adulthood from our spiritual adolescence, and that there's no mummy or daddy there to uh, give us handouts and you know give us TV and give us the pacifier that we can't just keep doing drugs and drinking alcohol and, <laughs> and destroying ourselves and expect you know to be responsible as a soul that's an adult and so it's an invitation do you want to become enlightened and do you want to be an adult soul having this experience or are you interested in just staying in the child soul because that's a choice if you, we have free will so if those want to still be led down the garden path by mommy and daddy doing the, the, the handouts that's their choice and that's why you can only you can only help those who are willing and they want the knowledge they thirst for it they want the assistance they want to grow up they want to have a new experience of life they want to have the the sacredness and the and this wonderful simple powerful connected life they're ready for it and then there's those that that actually terrifies them so yeah. you know that's why we have to respect those people who sadly are going to leave this earth um you know through death and and debility and we're just going to wait that out until it's our time to fix and, and repair the earth and get right with it once again and come into our true golden age, which is promised. It's part of our cycle that we're going into. Once the Kali Yuga destruction part is done, then is the, the blooming of a new age, really. It, 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 it's just a, the, next, the next cycle <laughs> happens and it's a rebirth and it's a renaissance and it's, it's art once again, it's beauty once again. You know, and so might not be in our generation. I don't know how fast. Right. That's slow. what I'm wondering. It's because I never thought in my generation that we would see this advance as far as it has already. That's the thing. How long is it until the next stage? I guess we just do our best. Yeah. Well, we're in the quickening. So things tend to be, the timing seems to be very concentrated. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, but look at just like, say, our grandparents' lifetime. Just look at that. Look at what has happened in that, like, say, oh, yeah. 80 years. It's mind-boggling, right? Massive. Yeah. They, they didn't have computers. <laughs> look right. at the type of stuff we're doing now. I yeah. mean, so we'll, it'll be fascinating. But I think the main thing is trying to not live in fear because that's where they need us. To, to achieve their, their aims is in a state of fear. So we need to overcome that. And we, I think we will. I think there's so many voices now mm -hmm. standing up and saying no more. So right. I'm excited for what's coming and just, just have your head on straight and, um, and we'll, we'll work together and we'll, we'll achieve what we're meant to achieve as, as is written, as it seems. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. That's a great place to start to, to finish. That's, it will happen. It's just a matter of when, and uh, let's make it the best while we, while we get there. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you, Amanda. I super appreciate your time. You've got so much to talk about. Maybe one day we can do this again. Like I know there's, there's so many places to go. And I know for those of you who this is new information, some of it can be pretty radical. I know it really tears down the basis of what you think governs your whole world. And 
that's okay. That's what I love getting into this stuff because it really challenges my mind to think like, holy crap, really? Like I thought I knew stuff and then just something else just you know, cracks my world open and I love it. So I hope you've enjoyed this and just take a little bit of it that makes sense and then move on from there. But anyways, thank you, Amanda. I super appreciate your time. And I will look, I look forward to doing this again someday. Sounds great. I appreciate right. okay. it. Thanks so much. Thank Sasha. you. Okay. okay. Bye. Hi everyone, it's Sasha hopping on quickly again. I realized that in my efforts to get Amanda off on time so that she could get her next interview, I forgot to go into all the ways that you can find out more about what Amanda offers. So if you're looking to find out more about what Amanda does, the products she makes, the services she provides, you can go to these different sites. You can go to yumnaturals.com. That's yumnaturals.com. You can also go to yummy.doctor to find out about the services that she provides. Also healingwithdmso.com, that's the site for her book. So you can learn all about DMSO or order her book there. DMSO is an amazing substance, like I said, and in the interview, I mentioned that I had been using it, but I've used it mostly for first aid purposes up until just the last few days. And now I'm using it more regularly in my life and I'm really enjoying it. Also, you can go to her Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash yumnaturals. And lastly, if you want to email her, you can email info at yumnaturals.com. So please go find out more about what Amanda offers. She has great services, great products, and she is a wealth of information. I hope you enjoyed this interview just as much as I did. And one day I hope to interview her again. Bye for now.